This, shipmates, this is that other lesson, and woe to that pilot of the living God who slights it. Woe to him whom this world charms from gospel duty. Woe to him who seeks to pour oil upon the waters when God has brewed them into a gale. Woe to him who seeks to please rather than to appall. Woe to him whose good name is more to him than his goodness. Woe to him who in this world courts not dishonor. Woe to him who would not be true, even though to be false were salvation. Yea, woe to him who, as the great pilot Paul has it, while preaching to others, is himself a castaway. He dropped and fell away from himself for a moment, then lifting his face to them again, showed a deep joy in his eyes as he cried out with a heavenly enthusiasm, But oh, shipmates, on the starboard hand of every woe, there is a sure delight, and higher top of that delight than the bottom of the woe is deep. Is not the main truck higher than the Kelson is low? Delight is to him a far, far upward and inward delight, who against the proud gods and commodores of this earth ever stands forth his own inexorable self. Delight is to him whose strong arms yet support him, when the ship of this base, treacherous world has gone down beneath him, delight is to him who gives no quarter in the truth and kills, burns, and destroys all sin, though he pluck it out from under the robes of senators and judges. Delight, top gallant delight, is to him who acknowledges no law or lord, but the Lord his God, and is only a patriot to heaven. Delight is to him whom all the waves of the billows of the seas of the boisterous mob can never shake from this sure keel of the ages. And eternal delight and deliciousness will be his who coming to lay him down can say with his final breath, O Father, chiefly known to me by thy rod, mortal or immortal, here I die. I have striven to be thine more than to be this world's or mine own, yet this is nothing. I leave eternity to thee, for what is man that he should live out the lifetime of his God? Beautifully put. Incredible stuff from our friend Bitcoin Sign Guy who's in the studio to join us this week for Rabbit Hole Recap. Matt, what are your thoughts? Bullish. <laughs> Bullish on Moby Dick. A beautiful passage from Moby Dick. Thank you for your eloquent uh, oration of that. Dedicated to all the Bitcoiners who tow the line for the bis for the Bitcoin gospel every day on crypto Twitter. Well, this is uh, this has been a, a very strong week for reinforcing that uh, that mission uh, that Bitcoiners are on. Reinforce the narrative. We're renaming this uh, highly cursed snake oil week uh, Bitcoin week. Next year, it's Bitcoin week. Officially, we got slowly towards that uh, towards that goal this year. It was a step in the right direction. One year at a time. Yeah, this was our, our strongest Bitcoin week yet. Yeah, it's been fun. A lot of news. Like, I'm tired. I don't know about you two. I'm wiped out. Straight recovery mode. <laughs> I'm, I'm hurting. We're this motherfucker up. brought a bull to the MCC. That's ridiculous. <laughs> what was, what was, uh, what was uh, acquiring the bull like? We'll say it was a lot of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you have your head on a swivel in case any uh, PETA freaks are looking to throw blood on you? Oh, you know, I didn't I didn't consider PETA. Actually, th uh, truth be told, the bull is uh, 
I wouldn't, it shouldn't be a concern to them. Uh, it's an extremely well cared for animal, hand fed from birth. It's this guy's pet, basically. And it's also, it's a, it's an actor. It's a thespian. It, it is, I acquired it through an animal talent agency. So it's been in, you know, commercials and stuff <laughs> like that. It's definitely 99th percentile of animal treatment in america any movies we would uh we would recognize <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know i you, i'll have to uh talk to his agent <laughs> uh well thank you for bringing the bull it's it, oh, it's, it started it, off the week like hot i it, mean mcc it, started off the week last weekend it's been great com- there have been great talks at that conference in particular and then consensus uh more of the after parties and and conversations uh, outside the conference have been yeah, well it was truly my pleasure i did it to benefit the atmosphere of that conference and just uh give bitcoiners a a physical representation of uh the emotions that we're all feeling these days yes the bullish sentiments well speaking of bullish sentiments, animal spirits i think we, are we going to talk about topics pertaining to bitcoin or are we going to talk about uh just do, the do we have an ad read oh we do have an ad read we have two ad reads uh, this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap is brought to you by Unchained Capital. You freaks know all about them. Uh, check out their two what's of three. What's going on, Drew? What's going on, Drew? And what's Parker, go- Joe. What's going on, Parker, Shout Joe? Shout out. Um, yeah, they're they're putting together an incredible product for you freaks to help you uh, get more certainty with your custody. Specifically, their two of three uh, multi-sig vault product, which you can use with your Trezor or Ledger when they're not connected. You're 100% cold storage. If you ever need uh, Unchained to come in inside that third key in that vault, they can step in and do that for you. Uh, another great thing, they're open sourcing their whole solutions as well. I think they're ideologically p- pure and aligned with Bitcoin. So go to unchained-capital.com slash vaults uh, and check out their vault program today. This is that episode of Tales from the Crypt slash Rabbit Hole Recap is also brought to you by the Cash App. You freaks already know all about it. It's been the number one finance app in the app stores for the last two years first p2p app to let you freaks buy bitcoin uh and they're also allowing you seamlessly to uh p2p payments app excuse me um they're also allowing you a look they're also allowing you freaks to to take your coins in your own custody simply uh withdraw your coins after you buy them uh on top of this they have the boost program i used it this morning for coffee dollar off at the coffee shop uh go to the app store or google play store and check out Cash App today. Download it. Stack Sats, freaks. Simplest place in the U.S. to stack sats. It is. P- people are liking better after a conversation with them in Europe. Simplest place in Europe to stack sats. Fact. Do uh, they have the auto buy live yet? Uh, no, but soon. Speaking of stacking sats, it would be hard to do that if you're trying to stack fresh Bcash because uh, they uh, they had a, a hard fork yesterday or two days ago, and it was a complete shit show. The stacking compl- shit. Stacking shit. Yeah. They uh, so apparently they, they, they scheduled hard fork. Uh, it happened. It split into three chains, I believe. One went completely dead, and then two zombied on. But uh, they were pretty haste. They pretty hastily pushed this fork out, and there was a consensus bug which didn't allow miners to like pick, tr- put transactions and block. Yeah, it wasn't. I don't think it was a consensus bug. It was, I was talking to Matt Corral last night. He seemed to believe it was a consensus bug. I, my understanding was that uh, the rules for determining if a transaction was valid were based on the pre-fork rules so yes it was consensus it was but the nodes were like in consensus but they just weren't accepting new transactions into their own mempools because they 
No, the mempools were they were not valid. No, the mempools were full. Uh, they were just getting the Coinbase rewards. That's all. That was, Interesting. That's the only transactions that were happening on the network. Anyway, it's mostly a waste of time. But the key thing here is that if you have routine hard forks with minimal code review, then you have these kinds of, of, of bugs that you see like in the wild. And it's just completely haphazard and reckless to do that on, on live on live systems that are, you know, at least in Bitcoin's case, that are holding billions of dollars of value. Yeah, and this is why Bitcoiners ardently uh, avoid hard forks at all costs. Yeah, and Matt, you should also talk about the Bcash Schnorr implementation. The copy-paste. Co the copy-paste, yeah, the Control-C, Control-V. I mean, I think it's a little reckless since you sort of need a, a team to maintain a a shift like that but they just kind of threw it in as like a marketing they just copy and pasted uh some basic snore implementation right without all the rest of the prerequisites like everything else that it, to, to be useful in any kind of way yeah well bcash we are we are flattered <laughs> they tried to copy and paste just the snore implementation into their yeah their, they did it their code they did it yeah interesting interesting imitation is the sincerest form of flattery yeah, they're using it as like a marketing gimmick. Yeah, so let's let's uh, let's go down the checkbox of everything Bitcoin Cash has done since the hard fork. They uh, added checkpointing. Uh, they've already had a consensus bug. They basically had a pre-mine in the beginning because of their fucked up difficulty algorithm. That as well. Uh, adjustment they fucked up the difficulty Mixed adjustment. with like Bitmain controlling the whole process. So there was like a massive pre-mine in the beginning. So I, I'm going to say it. I'm going to be bold, loud, and proud and say that I, I think Bitcoin Cash is uh, economically dead. It, it may zombie on, but I don't think it will ever threaten Bitcoin in any way. I, I officially, I mean, I've been saying it's trending to zero forever, but I officially called it dead when they implemented the checkpoint system. Yes, as it's some of their... Uh, I would say that's the official time of death. Yeah, <laughs> checkpointing. Yeah, I remember Andres Brecken's uh, re reaction to that. Yeah. You should never checkpoint. Yeah, he's, at least he's uh, ideologically... Uh, pure when and, and consistent when uh, when bad things happen. That was a tangent though. Um, what's the price of Bitcoin and what's the block hype? Oh yeah, we're off kilter today. Price of Bitcoin is seven thousand nine hundred forty-seven dollars and seventy-five cents according to the Trade Block XBX index. And we were at block five thousand. Excuse me, five hundred seventy-six thousand three hundred thirty-eight. What's the debt clock at? What's the what? <laughs> the debt clock at. <laughs> you should start reading that. It's above twenty-two trillion. Because that's the uh, that here comes that dollar demonetization. We saw, we saw the man, the Yangster, uh, you know, shilling his UBI at consensus. It's called the yesterday. Freedom Dividend. It's the, the Freedom, freedom Dividend. dividend. Uh, thousand Yang bucks a month. I'll take that. Uh, you know, direct deposit into my Kraken account. Yeah, right, it, right <laughs> in the Cash App and just stack sats with it. It's like thank you for uh, ex thank you for your uh, accelerationist efforts, Mr. Yang. Uh, I also like that he um, he was asked about the pink vaporwave hats, and he was like, "So we don't uh, we don't produce them ourselves because of vaporwaves association with uh, extreme ideologies." So wonder as if the acceleration weren't ramping hard enough uh now every democratic candidate has to have an official stance on vaporwave <laughs> <laughs> the funniest part is that hat is so badass they should just embrace it's the sick, shit out man. of that hat it's sick i mean look i i can't get behind 99 percent of yang's uh platform but 
Uh, hey, hey, look, he is an accelerant of Bitcoin, and for that, I, uh, I, uh, I wouldn't say I'm in the Yang Gang, but uh, I, I respect their work. He's good for Bitcoin <laughs> in multiple ways, because not only the Freedom Dividend, but I feel like he wouldn't uh, pass like any kind of like onerous regulation yeah, for Americans. Yeah, he seems open to it. He definitely is. Uh, completely confused of how this technology will work he was talking about like community Confusion tokens is, and stuff yeah. like that yeah that's Confusions good to our benefit going to have a, some community service token <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh, a cst yeah, the longer they're confused the better for us yeah longer. exactly that's what i'm saying um this is a good uh, segue into m- more macro stuff the the price rise has been pretty rapid we don't like to talk about price too much around here but the price rise has been pretty rapid last week in particular 126 satoshis per penny now it's uh your penny is not going as far as it was a couple weeks ago freaks that's uh that's for damn sure um so we went up from let's say let's go back to what's today 16th back to the 9th the 9th we ended the day at 63.42 currently at around 8,000. so Pretty, pretty high appreciation, and there's a lot of speculation out there. Is, is Bitcoin acting as a risk-off asset? Uh, because a lot of people were looking at the trade war, what's going on with China and the U.S. Uh, the trade war is heating up. There's been a lot of talk about tariffs and sanctions and whatnot, and uh, the, the yuan is depreciating as a result. And there's also these, these medallions and Hong Kong medallions that are used as capital uh, flight vehicles for the Chinese. The, the, the price of those are going up as well. What are they like? They're gold. They're gold medallions. I don't. No, I don't think they're gold. I think it's some sort of bearer asset that they're able to get into. I don't know. I don't know if they're physically gold. Sounds like a shit coin. Yeah, it does. But uh, people are fleeing to that, so it seems like there's a flight to safety. And the narrative of Bitcoin as a flight to safety uh, is it uh, a safe haven? That, that is that why the price is going up? Was uh, the, that discussion was going on this week, gentlemen? What do you think? I like the narrative. I'm cool with it. I'm like super happy with going with this narrative. Um, I think the first person who brought it up to me uh, was my father. And I said to him, I was like, yep, we can go with that. That works. Is that, was he like, does he believe that Bitcoin's going up because of the trade war? Yeah. He, he, yeah. He asked me, he was like, do you, do you think that's why? Like kind of, kind of lines up. Right. Um, I think, I think Chinese people in general realize the value prop of Bitcoin as a capital flight asset mm-hmm. um to begin with so if you have a yuan devaluation in, incoming right which is what it looks like um it makes sense that they would go into harder assets and they already a lot of them already know about bitcoin yes and uh and bitcoin is the best place to story about value especially if you're in a, a situation where you need to you have to flee with your capital um, like we always say you need you need to have it before you need it right you yes. have to have it before you need it so I think that as Bitcoin matures and we will see this happen more and more where there's going to be s- small short bursts where like the price gets a little bit ridiculous, especially in certain regional areas. BSG, can we do like a little currency market education here for the freaks out there? What's the difference between the yuan and the renminbi? Uh, it's their offshore and onshore currencies. Yeah, so, so if you freak, uh, there's a lot of interchanging between the Chinese currency. Some people say renminbi, some people say yuan. They're pegged. Are they pegged to each other? Uh, oh man. Uh, I think there. It's like there's a rate that gets fixed by the Chinese central bank. Yeah. So if you're confused about that, so it's two separate currencies. Yeah, it's two. Yeah. Yeah. 
Fuck, man. Yeah, uh, Baizwas don't know this. <laughs> that was super confusing. And yeah, no, that. it is really. It is, it is the onshore-offshore thing. It is confusing. Yeah. It confuses it, me still to this day. It's the, like, the mechanism by which you know, everyone always says, oh, trying to manipulate So which currency. one is which one's the offshore the one? one? The most popular that you'll look at the charts you'll see is the yuan. That's what you see all the time. All the Bitcoin charts always. Yeah, and Renimbi is the offshore one, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah. But we think they're I pegged should, and they're worth know. the same? Um... No, I don't know if there's any dislocation in the renminbi yuan peg. It's more U.S. dollar to yuan. Interesting. Yes. Um, but anyway, if that shit's getting devalued, if you're worried that's going to get devalued, then you know you don't have that many options, especially in a country like China, like where you have offshore real estate and you have these medallions, like you said, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So just be aware of the equities, I guess. So uh, start observing. And seeing uh, how Bitcoin price reacts to, to more macro events like this, uh, when there when there are flight to safeties in the the general markets, let's see how Bitcoin reacts. I love the safe. I think the safe haven uh, asset is like really the true value prop of Bitcoin. It just it doesn't you know it's going to take a little time for it to become like truly the safe haven. We just need it to mature and adoption to increase, liquidity to increase. And, yeah. volatility to decrease and if the flight to safety ever gets too uh too accelerated and to a point where the governments uh get scared and try to shut down the internet service providers so people can't relay bitcoin within their borders uh we'll, over we'll roll through with the ham radios we'll roll through with the ham radios or uh what was announced over the week at mcc blockstream and gotenna have teamed up to connect their tx10 gotenna's tx10 app and the blockstream satellite so people can propagate uh bitcoin transactions through the mesh network and then right, broadcast it to yeah. the satellite no you receive you receive through the satellite and then you broadcast through the mesh is the yes is the flow yes yeah. so the the uh avenues through which transactions can be relayed is getting more robust and stronger this is something we've been covering here at rhr for months actually a year i, I wrote about tx10 for the first time like this week last year um but that's when it came on the scene and this is where it is now and it seems like it's progressed a lot over the last and year and then if so like if you have like a if you have like a go a relay you could you you receive through the you receive through the satellite it's a passive process so no one knows you're even pulling bitcoin transactions um so you can run a full node through the satellite you receive then you tra you broadcast transaction into the go network then let's say it hops off of like five different gotennas and then like the six gotennas like connected to the internet and then it could broadcast out to the wider well it could be broadcast in there but i think it could also be broadcasted to uh, somebody running blocksat and sending transactions via satellite from their node uh to the satellite in the sky as well i don't i'm pretty sure you can't like broadcast to the satellite like unless you go through the internet like you can use their api okay to send it through the internet but i'm Pretty sure I, you can't broadcast yeah, I, I think the it's, satellite. I think it's one way. It's download only. Yeah. All right, Uncle Marty. It's like passive. It's like a radio. It's like constantly just sending out data. Sending. You're not actually requesting which data you get. It's just constantly sending you block data. All right, Uncle Marty with a little brain fart there. Sorry for well, I didn't even know that's China why they, had two that's currencies. That's why they call it block stream. <laughs> <laughs> the conspiracy is uh, it gets deeper. Um, yeah, so that's, again, that's a project we've been following. It's a credible development that... Uh, it seems to be again getting more robust and this is what we look for there's a huge privacy improvement there too yeah yes um you yeah. can run a full yeah. node basically fully private without internet that's pretty crazy yeah
That's insane. Um, what else have we got next? Uh, you want to go to vulnerabilities in the world outside of Bitcoin? So Intel has a... Two this, two this week. Two this week. First one is Intel. Um, they have a vulnerability similar to Meltdown Inspector. This one is called Zombie Load, and it attacks uh, the processor. It is able to access data on websites and uh, can find out your passwords and, and uh, uh, cryptographic tokens that are used to access websites. Correct. Yes. Uh, first of all, they got great names. They keep coming out with great names, all the new vulnerabilities. Zombie load. I like zombie. that. No one wants a zombie load. I'll I don't want to take much. a load from a zombie. I'll tell you that. Um, all the different manufacturers have released patches. Uh, like This is a pretty bad one. Just, just another reminder that you should just, any of your devices connect to the internet, you should assume they can be compromised. Um, and this is you know, why hardware wallets are really important. This is why you know, proper multi-sig usage is important. Yes, and it seems as though uh, WhatsApp's uh, claim to be fully encrypted is being questioned as well this week. What was the specific specifics of that bug again? You just if you call a WhatsApp person, you own their app. Yes. If you like did a call in like a, you know, in a buggy way, you can is compromise th- the app. I'm not sure what information you could get from it. It looked pretty bad. They were. I don't think they said what exactly information they got. Is it similar to like the uh, FaceTime bug where you could FaceTime somebody yeah. and answer? You could listen to their their phone. I think so. Yeah. I I wonder if they got mic access from it. I'm gonna check right now. Um. But uh, yeah. I mean, this is pretty bad, right? Like. Yeah. And it, and it just goes again. You know. Once again, you should just. If you use WhatsApp, that's fine probably not the best encrypted messenger it's not the worst you know you're probably better off using something like signal uh you know probably only the russians have owned telegram but you know you have keybase they use stellar or whatever which is fucking annoying uh but you should just assume that even if you're operating on these channels like assume that the encryption can be broken another issue with whatsapp is that either side they have these automatic backups that you can enable and it backs up to Google Drive and iCloud. And if so the other Those side- Those are vulnerable. If the other side does it, like I don't back up any of my conversations, but if anyone I'm talking to has auto backup set up, like all my conversations are in their fucking cloud. Like it's bullshit. Ah, that is fucked. Yes, yeah, yeah. so think about, this is like 23 of me. Don't think about how this just affects you. Think about how it affects the people close to you, the people you're communicating with on these Man, apps. My girlfriend's mom took a DNA test and so my kids are straight. Doxed. Wow, she doxed your kids. Doxed my future kids. See, I think there should be like, I wonder if we're going to see legislation about that because there's a, you're almost giving, you're giving up privacy of all your relatives at the same time. Horrific, yeah. There uh, should be mean, some kind of consent. I mean, uh, they weren't, they weren't joking when, uh, in Peter Sellers' Doctor Strangelove, when they said that they're coming for your precious bodily fluids. Literally the last form of privacy you have, so by all means preserve that. Can't even walk down the street without your face getting. But it's going to be a, these yeah. days. Well, that's I wrote about that in the Ben today. Like yeah. that dude in the UK, dude in the UK Absurd. was walking down the street. Absurd. The police in the UK warned him that like, hey, we're surveilling faces up here, just so you know. And the dude put his sweatshirt above his face, walked by, and they stopped him and gave him a fucking ninety pound ticket because he didn't comply. 
the, so U- the UK needs to be fixed. <laughs> oh, oh, the face tracking? The face oh, fucking, fuck, yeah. man. But at least San Francisco, you see San Francisco banned face tracking? Yes. They did. And, like, honestly, I have no faith in, like, legislation solving this issue. Um, but it's still good to see, and it means, like, people care and people are, like, fighting for this. And well, that, I, I think we're just getting started, so it's good. It's really good to see. Well, that, that brings up a good point. Like, I don't think legislation is going to do anything either. It's going to be ephemeral at the end of the day, and this stuff is already out there, and it exists. And we may have lost the facial recognition. Yeah. Or, like, or, companies want it because they want big data. The NSA wants it because they want to surveil everything. And then when you combine it with the fact that hardware is so cheap you just get cameras and microphones everywhere i mean i bet that there's at least like 30 in this room (laughs) easily there's not 30 cameras anyway no (laughs) not cameras the thing the thing is like devices that could like like microphones and cameras combined and they don't even have to like for all our devices yeah they don't have to be inserting cameras like i was thinking like at the events you know that have gone over this week like all these people are taking pictures and if it goes to like iCloud or Google Photos or whatever, they could yeah. be doing, you know, you could be pulling up on all those facial recognition hits. Yeah. yeah. Um, I looked up the WhatsApp vulnerability, by the way, and it was just like really bad. Like they could pull like any data from your phone. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. And but that's like going back to the point about I wrote in the bed, like this fate, like maybe we lost this war and like we should fight for the civil liberties that we can claw back Bitcoin being one of them with money and value. And maybe if we're successful in that endeavor, we'll be able to uh, defund the States that are trying to to spy on us. I like that idea. I think we'll have like, you know, surveillance free zone. I, I think in like a post Bitcoin world, uh, like jurisdictions will be competing for, uh, I guess like privacy focused, rich people mm-hmm. and so i think we'll have like zones that are that are like surveillance free and hope hopefully and, and i'll live in one of those is, well, hopefully the poor people the are plan. privacy conscious as well yeah yeah I, yeah i just you know that would be great too right but i just i i think i think that when you talk about jurisdictions competing with each other poor people are generally left out because they don't they can't move easily uh, you know, moving is costly, especially like if you're going to like a completely different country or something like that. Yeah. This yeah. is a hypothetical. I, I frequently think of how uh, when we think of, say, public surveillance, we think of these gigantic surveillance cameras that are, you know, they're in a big black plastic uh, hemisphere and they, you know, they announce their presence, right? But when you think about how small, say, a cell phone camera is and that that could be stuck, you know, nearly anywhere, uh, I think there's going to be an insidious period when uh, easily observable surveillance tech disappears and you have no idea which way you're being viewed from. It's scary because you you have like little nano robots, like little nano bee-like creatures that can spy on you they look like real bees they exist this stuff exists oh yeah and google aerostat 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 e-r-o-stat a-e-r-o-s-t-a-t a-e-r-o-s-t-a-t not the best speller here that's okay even though i write every day um yeah so uh be aware be aware civil liberties are important they're uh they're being taken from us every day and uh you got to fight for them 
At least, you know, we can take back some privacy. Face tracking is going to be one of the hardest ones. Maybe impossible. Just put stickers yeah. on your face. Uh, buy a, buy some buy some uh, designer stickers. Or just become a juggalo. <laughs> put them put them on your cheek. A, a different one every day. Uh, I guess if you live in like a cold place, you can like get away with wearing one of those face masks a lot. Yeah. Well, uh, back to Bitcoin news. More positive news. Uh, here's a cool chart from Ceteris Paribus. Bitcoin dominance measured in transaction fees. Uh, Bitcoin uh, has ninety two percent dominance when you're when you're looking at the the amount of fees miners are are accruing from the activity on the network. I think this is a good dominance metric. What do you guys think? I'm amazed at all the ways that these data dudes can, uh, you know, find bullish data for Bitcoin. Nick Carter <laughs> ever. <laughs> Never runs dry, it seems, the CoinMetrics team. He can he can spin up any type of data to, to discredit any shit coin. Is this an abusive data in any way? First, I no, like... No, it's not an abusive data. It's just that because we have this new economic system, we, we forget that there's... or We haven't found all of the interesting ratios, comparisons, trends, etc. Is... Uh, is pro- Cherry picking might have been a better uh, phrase for that question. Is this cherry picking data? I don't. I, I don't think so. I mean, our fees important. Yeah. Um, I think this is probably the hardest data to game, um, but it is gameable. But pretty much all these numbers can be gamed in one way or the How's other. How's this gameable? Um, Increase your trend. Yeah, I could see. I could. Well, well if you're once a, you start using a metric, like. People get really creative about gaming it, but if you... It seems like an expensive metric to game, let's, though. Let's say you had, like, an EO-style network, but instead of doing no fees where the fees are socialized and you're paying it through inflation, you did it so there were transaction fees, and then you controlled all the nodes that got paid the transaction fees, so then you sent a ton of high-paying transaction fee transactions to pay, like no one's gaming it right now, but I'm saying like you could theoretically game it if you were collecting all the fees, because then you're not paying for anything for it, right? You're just paying yourself. Right. Uh, yeah. I'm, you I'm can't like game a, it on Bitcoin, but you could game it on on well, on alt chains if you so desired. Yeah, like an alt miner. Yeah, that seems like it would an be alt like miner could probably yeah, be a lot pay of themselves the fee. What? An alt miner could probably just pay yeah, themselves a fee and just mine mine a block just with one their one transaction right if they controlled like enough that, miners they yeah. can make it like relatively cheap to pull off some kind of fee fee increase but uh, for this one sudden moment in time when we realize this it i think it's valuable right now yeah and it looks like a really cool little like pac-man chart with bitcoin just eating everything else yeah, yeah. ethereum is in second with eight percent to bitcoin's 92 percent it's uh People think uh, somebody. People have been clamoring that the flipping is going to happen this year. Dude, ninety-two uh, percent is frankly bearish. <laughs> sell, sell now. Um, so if you're if you're pushing a flipping narrative out there, I would go look at these stats. They uh, they tell a different story. Um, we did not talk about this yet. Just announced right before we hit record. Uh, uh, Coinbase is in advance talks to buy custody provider Zappo for fifty million. Plus an earnout in order to boost its custody business. Sources tell the block Zappo has seven hundred thousand Bitcoin. Don't do it, Wences. Please don't do it. 
I think we need the U.S. government to step in and, and no, stop don't. this monopoly, <laughs> this merger from US happening. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This is this would be a serious concentration of Bitcoin in one custody provider. Well, hopefully most Zappo users would pull it once Coinbase bought Zappo. But I, I you know, I as a Zappo user I'd be pretty upset that my, my privacy got leaked to Coinbase. Do do you think they have a as a Zappo user, do you think they have a a course of recourse um to try to stop this merger? There's probably like terms out? and conditions or something. Yeah. I haven't read any shit. What do you think about this BSG? Oh man, I I don't know. Uh, obviously, I think Zappo is a is a great product, and I think uh, Wences is you know the man. So I'm I'm sure he had his reasons, but I well, it's not official yet. It's a rumor and it's anonymous. Um, so we're speculating here. There's a chance they might not do it. Also, what's interesting is it's for fifty million dollars supposedly. And they're, you know, they're custodying 700,000 Bitcoin, which is $5.5 billion right now about, which is, and the reason it's such a, a low price for that is because they don't, I never knew this, they don't collect fees for just holding your Bitcoin for you. They, they, the way they make their money is facilitating OTC trades between their clients. Yeah, I can imagine Coinbase buying them and implementing uh, custody fees. Yeah, custody fees, all nine yards, you know. Yeah, uh, I don't know how I feel. I don't know how I, I mean, I know how I feel. I bet this ekes me out. I don't think, what is big, doesn't Coinbase already have like 1.1 million Bitcoin? Yeah, I mean, I prefer Wences didn't do it, you know, so. Wences, if you're listening, we know you are. Just take a word of advice. Hey, this is just one, one little uh, devil angel on your shoulder. Like, Bitcoin will be fine. Um, you know, this would be extra bad if it was a proof of stake system, right? Yes. Um, so I think Bitcoin would be fine, but it would suck for the users and, you know, it would just suck that we lost a company that's in good regard to, uh, you know, probably like one of the, you know, most legitimate custodians, um, to, to Coinbase, who's obviously just running around like a chicken without a head. Like they I, have no idea what's going on. I do st- think that structurally we would see consolidation of Bitcoin exchanges and large Bitcoin services. There's definitely a critical number of big institutions that will, you know, be the quote unquote banks of the future. Uh, and so, I don't know, we could compare like the Herfindahl market concentration index of banking to the Herfindahl index of Bitcoin exchanges. Now that would be an interesting case study. If uh, Derek Sue or Nick Carter wants to hop on that nerd shit. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, that Herfindahl index after 08 consolidated into four banks. But I think, I think we need more of a, an explosion. I think we more need more options first before we consolidate like that. Do you think we're ready to consolidate only a decade in? Uh, I mean, I think it'll, I, there will probably be net consolidation, but, uh, it doesn't mean that new services don't keep, don't, uh, you know, keep being released. I think we have two things going for us. We have, um, if you don't include the regulatory hurdle, the cost of entrance to be a Bitcoin custodian is much lower than a traditional custodian. And then the second thing is, I think the biggest weapon we have here is is multi-sig. Um, I think multi-sig gives a lot of people the same advantages they might might seek with a custodian, um, like extra 
you know, they don't trust themselves completely. So they want that custodian involved. But at the same time, it helps the custodian because they're not a custodian. They only have one key. Uh, so so they, they, they don't have that regulatory headache. They don't they don't have that extra security burden for them as well. So I think it's actually beneficial for the the actual business to, to go a multi-sig route in addition to the consumer. Well, I think Unchained Capital would agree with this. Yeah, it basically just described their business model. <laughs> um, no, this is also a reminder to you freaks out there, like vote with your dollars. Like if you don't want uh, the exchange world to be consolidated around Coinbase, move off Coinbase and support an exchange that you think will yeah. act ethically in Bitcoin in the future. Definitely don't store your coins on, coins on Coinbase. Like, if you want to use a custodian, then I guess use one, but just don't use Coinbase. And, uh, yeah, not your keys, not your coins. All this shit's IOU if you don't have the... How many times have we said that on this podcast, do you think? So many times. Can I never repeat it enough. Yeah. I do... I, I wonder if we'll see more custodian-style, like, circle where we where they just don't allow you to self-custody. They give you no withdrawal option. Because um, from both the regulatory and security point of view, it's a lot easier for them as well, which would suck. That'd you're not really not using good. Bitcoin at that point, though. No, you're not. I mean, you're... Yeah. You're, I mean, you're, you're using 5% of it. Yes. You're getting exposure to the price increase. Yeah. Under most situations. <sighs> yeah, so... Uh, Rumors, rumors that there's talks going on of consolidation in the custodian world. Don't um, do it, Wences. Just charge a management fee on your five point five billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, come on, for fifty mil, right? Um, another thing that dropped this week was announced on Monday. Consensus week is always a Bitcoin week. Excuse me, is always a big, uh, big week for announcements people like to come to new york and, and pitch their new products one that was announced by microsoft was a decentralized identity um well yeah identity basically a decentralized identity product that uh their marketing is going to be uh, be anchoring data into the bitcoin block blockchain um and and ipfs and ipfs yes um from what i understand that's pretty blockchain agnostic they're choosing bitcoin because it's the best most secure network but if you wanted to use this software to secure it to another chain you could as well yeah i i haven't combed through exactly how the system works uh however m one project that i am actually actively working on I, I wouldn't call it a competitor to microsoft did but it is a a reputation system that is uh rooted or it it accumulates attestations on Bitcoin transactions. So having a credible digital reputation is something that's very important in the future if we are to upgrade our, you know, the cybernetic makeup of our society from KYC AML based to, you know, uh, future, uh, you know, pseudonym, pseudo anonymity, permissive, uh you know fully like private markets essentially it's it's highly required and more attention should be on creating these uh you know digital credit scores because we see where we're going if we don't take the lead on this how do these uh digital credit scores that we envision differ 
from the social credit scores that the Chinese citizens are getting. Exactly. Right That's what I mean. We see that we're headed there if we let the state design it for us. So it, this must be built open source uh, with, you know, the full, full market uh, mechanisms in place to weed out features and, you know, refine, refine how it's built. Uh, it, it should be up to, you know, the people emergent order uh, and certainly not some uh, platonic fascist. That's what's nice to see with this Microsoft proposal is that it's, it is open source. Um, they want it to be, anyone can interact with it. Uh, it'll secure into the, the, whatever the most secure public blockchain is, which is Bitcoin. Um, and it doesn't require a token. Right, like what Vinny told us that you can't do decentralized ID without a token. So here we are. Here we are. We, we don't civic wrecked. Dump it. Time of death. Fifteen oh five. No Monday. Monday. The Microsoft announcement. Uh, but truly, not to a uh, you know be a shameless promoter here, but do stay tuned. We will be announcing uh, the name and details of our project in the coming months. Bang, oh, bang. awesome. Oh, I didn't realize it was that real. That's badass. It's real. We got we got people. And then you have a you had another project that you launched this week. Uh, yeah, it it's been something that I've been working on for a while. It's a, a credit card processor that does a specialty underwriting for uh, all all different industries, but essentially, particularly areas of interest to. Uh, right now a digital manufacturer of firearms i i was i was talking about your that sounds badass but i was talking about your oh yeah so my third your wares so my third my my third project the the art yeah uh i i was an art student in college and i was a bored so i decided to make uh 21 buy bitcoin signs and uh sell them because i was told that uh you know bitcoiners would uh appreciate them and be be willing to to buy them so i've been uh pretty shocked actually i've sold uh nearly all 21 i think i may be sold out i have uh i i might do a lottery because i have i think more more than 21 orders <laughs> Boss, congrats but, on the but uh, you're not gonna print anymore right? no no so i uh, you heard it here i time stamped them all on bitcoin uh, with uh, Peter Todd's fabulous open timestamps software. And so basically all of the owners of these will be able to collectively get together and, you know, disprove uh, anyone that claims to have, you know, a counterfeit one. Well, do you need, is it like a 21 to 21 multi-sig or would you be... <laughs> Well, just that they could all they could all present their keys, and then there would be nobody. They they could all sign or however it's like it is. Like a digital certificate of authenticity. So, like, if there's 21 valid certificates, do you need all 21 to be together to prove that the fake is a fake? Uh, I suppose that would be the case. Though yes. it's not. Uh, it doesn't. It's not like they're forming a signature. Mm-hmm. They. It's just. It's a meat space multi. It, it's like a. Uh, it's like musical chairs, you know, the, all of the people have their chair and someone claiming uh, to have a, a false one would be left standing. 
But how is the? What if some? What, what if? What if? Uh, what if a uh, uh, endeavoring counterfeiter sees one of the open timestamps somehow? Maybe they go to the, some one of the owners' if houses. They, if they steal the timestamp, I don't know. If they copy it. Yeah, that's a that's a a different threat model. Well, the thing is, like the the person who who has the um who has the certificate of authenticity, like they could make another one, and like there's no way to connect it right. directly. To However, the pad, but, but you know but that they own it. But because it's time stamped, you know the original time. Right, but you don't know that it connects it to the pad, right? Uh, no, yeah, I yeah. I did. You just con- know that person bought one. I know well, the original twenty one. No, well I put a, a photograph of each uh oh, okay, of cool. each one. Okay, okay. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. So and what's the what what's the website for that again? You can go to buybitcoin.art and help me uh stack some sats. Awesome. <laughs> we're 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 compound stack memeing some coins, over here. Man. Compound memes. I mean, uh people have been, you know, kind and said like, Oh, buy Bitcoin is such a great meme. But honestly, I think that you two have developed the next big meme for the next uh the next couple years of bitcoiner accumulation stack and sats man it's the evolution of buy bitcoin i love it it really was natural thank you for forging the path well i mean we used to uh it it's also sort of interesting that we are now evolving from having when you spend bitcoin the numerator used to be bitcoin and eight places to the right of the decimal but now we are moving into the hyper bitcoinized mode where we use sats as as the base unit like numeraire yeah when sat sent parody <laughs> soon what is it soon. One, 176 uh sats that would be one million per bitcoin <laughs> oh shit uh 127 127 yep. sats per percent right now okay um yeah, we have to 120x from you. My bad. At least. Um, no, yeah, it is like awesome. it's it's the natural progression, right? You forged away, stack sats, and norm. I think the normalization of uh, pricing things in Satoshis is important because thinking in whole Bitcoins is going to be completely impractical in the future if this becomes successful. Yeah, I mean, I think we should, maybe we should say the price in Satoshis from now on at the beginning of the podcast. Can certainly do that. Got to practice what we preach. Yeah. How would lightning do- really dollars helps per Satoshi? Yeah. Per Lightning's Satoshi. lightning really uh, helps you think in sats. Yeah, it really drives it home. It's mm-hmm. very natural. That's what I, one thing I've been able to. Uh, I I could tell the price is going up with not even looking at a price chart. I can look at our, our Zap app of people buying dime bag. Yeah, uh, thinking in sats. Thinking in sats, and the satchers getting less and less this week. So I I wouldn't have even had to look at a price chart. I was like, damn. My uh, the dime bet the dime's going uh, not going as far as it was last week. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's it. We're forty five minutes in. I think we should keep it light this week. I'm uh, I'm that was all the topics we have. Is there anything else on the top of your head that you thought of? Did I miss anything? Um, no. Oh, I, oh yes, we did. It would be remiss of us if we did not shout out uh, BitcoinRabbitHole.org. Adam Tash. Tache. Adam Tache has put together a great resource uh, for anybody looking to push newbies into uh, a direction of good information on Bitcoin. Adam has uh, aggregated uh, an incredible amount of content from videos, essays, whatever it may be, white papers uh, uh, on cryptography. 
incredible source, bitcoinrabbithole.org. Great name. Great Love name. the name. Love the name. Incredible name. It's uh yeah, great name. Uh that's it. That's all I got. I don't know. I'm dead. I'm tired. I can't yeah, speak. I've done ten I've done ten uh, podcasts this week. I'm dead. Um yeah. So uh stay humble, stack sets. Snake oil salesman really wear you out. They really do. You know, I, I got kicked out of the uh the Deloitte uh Enterprise Blockchain VIP Lounge with uh, <laughs> with Pierre Rochard <laughs> on Monday. <laughs> Were you two starting trouble? Uh, yeah, the um, their rep. Uh, we were sort of needling him about Enterprise Blockchain, and <laughs> uh, we said, "So, like, what what got you into the space?" And he was like, "Yeah, well, uh, I was mining Bitcoin in 2009." <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, which I I gotta say would not it's be a fucking Deloitte, bro. highly highly a uh, highly um dubious statement, and then uh, we asked if he had uh, if we we decided to sort of give him a like a pop quiz on Bitcoin tech to see if he was legit or not, and so we said, so what's Byzantine fault tolerance, and he goes like I don't know, uh, and and Pierre just says. Well, have you heard of Byzantium? <laughs> and, I said, and I said, do you happen to be a general? And, and he's like, uh, what are you talking about? And I'm like, or a special operator. <laughs> and then he said, like, yeah, it's time for you gentlemen to, to get out. <laughs> uh, we're solving the Byzantine general's problem, freaks. Man. And if you're uh, an enterprise blockchain uh, snake oil salesman. It's, you should probably at least know the how basics. To, how we coordinate the attack on the shit coiners, man. <laughs> that's that's it's not even shit coinery. That's just like stupid application of tech that will probably never work. Yeah, truly. But yes, um, it's definitely shit coinery. They're not with the enterprise blockchain. They're not selling tokens right, they to the public. Don't have a token. Yeah. yeah, but they're selling the chain to the private yeah, right? to enterprises. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck, enterprises. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's important truly. to always troll the enterprise enterprise guys. Truly. Yeah, they they it's have they have too much money. <laughs> <laughs> Deloitte, please don't sue me. Do um, your part, freaks. Um, that's all we got this week. Thank you for the ending on that story, and thank you for for reading a passage in the beginning. Oh, thank you. Everyone, read Moby Dick, man. It's important. Peace and love, freaks. Cheers. Bye-bye.